Can we be intentional about when, how and where we sleep to elevate the quality of our sleep? These are the three questions that we answer today. Dr. Shweta Kanchan is a sleep specialist who got fascinated with sleep medicine and carried out postdoctoral research work at King George's Medical College. She has several publications in various national and international journals and her work on sleep during COVID-19 pandemic was published in the prestigious Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine. She is certified by the prestigious World Sleep Society and also holds the RPSGT credential which is a gold standard certification of sleep technology. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and New and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Shweta, welcome back to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. We had a great conversation last time on sleep, uh, myths around sleep and we did a double episode back then. Um, Today we are talking about when, how and where to sleep. Is there a choice? And this seems like a simple question, but I think there's so many nuances to this. Uh, And as a sleep expert, I think you're a great person to talk about this. Um, And of course, if anyone wants to know about you specifically, they can go back to our previous episode, listen to how your journey came into sleep. Today, I'd like us to just jump into the conversation and begin with um, when, when do we sleep? Do we have a choice? And this is something that's personally important to me, Shweta, especially there's so much conflicting information in the sleep space about this. There are popular books that talk about us having differing sleeping times. So I am personally interested in diving deep into when do we sleep and do we have a choice? All right. So, first of all, thank you very much, Deepa. It was very interesting even the last time. It was great conversing with you. And I hope we have the same great conversation this time too. So, the starting top, the starting first question is such a wonderful question. And uh, I'd like to clarify it. When do we sleep? Do we have a choice? I would say not much of a choice here. Because actually, as uh, Sleep is one thing which has been retained through the turmoils of evolution across trillions of years. 
you know a lot of things have gone vestigial a lot of organs we no longer use a lot of physiological functions have gone obsolete they are no more necessary for human existence but why is it that sleep has been retained despite you know a lot despite so many things uh, that have changed the course in uh, the course of evolutionary uh, changes that happen it is because it is uh, regulating a lot of important functions for the body it is safeguarding the body to maintain itself in that natural optimal state of physiological functioning you know what we are able to do in the daytime it's because we sleep in the night time so when we sleep we sleep in the night do we have a choice can we make it let's sleep in the daytime work in the night we can do it but we should be prepared to face consequences as a regard because this is what is happening when people are having shift workers they have shift work disorders when people travel across tiny zones like somebody is going from india to the us they can have jet lag so whenever you are competing with sleep whenever you are trying to have a tussle with sleep believe me it is going to be a battle you will lose because you know, it is something that the way nature has intended us to be the nature intended us to work in the daytime to sleep in the night time that was a time when the battery that is the body was meant to be charged the detoxification occurred and if we try to reverse it then getting asleep and that can definitely lead to a lot of disorders metabolic disorders lot of uh, malignancies lot of other issues so we don't have a choice deepa it is a myth that the youngsters are playing with sleep and i would really like to emphasize through your podcast here to those youth i mean young people who are hearing it that it is really not good play with your sleep human beings are the only species who are doing it at a big big cost to themselves sleep is meant to happen in the night across uh, uh, the specified duration of hours that uh, that is uh, uh, adequate for you because everybody has different needs for sleep and you if we play with it voluntarily then consequences will be grave and people have to realize it before it is too long because that is happening in the society nowadays and shweta i mean i know you spoke about shift work okay there are of course certain people who cannot avoid shift work and uh, it's a cost of livelihood versus choice so sometimes they don't always have a choice now that's another category of people and for whom i have a great episode on shift work and sleep and how to navigate that but let's talk a little bit more about when to sleep for somebody who doesn't have shift work i'd like to go a little bit into um ideal times to go to bed um because this can vary so much and uh, you know sometimes people are quite fascinated or amused at my sleep cycle because i sleep by 7:30 pm and i like to wake up at 3:30 am now this is my rhythm and i don't like to upset that because i function very well from an early morning clock and sleeping early now i understand that's not always practical or possible for many and of course i do advise clients that try to be in bed before 10 pm but let's talk a little bit because there's a large window there right it could be anything from 8 pm to midnight there are people who make 1 am a regular sleep time so within this wide window and if we don't have shift work or something that makes us stay up for a particular reason 
what would be the best times to go to bed? So that's an excellent question, Deepa. And more so because it is very relevant. And more so because people actually are not aware. Everybody has their own sweet time and everybody is quite happy with it, especially the younger generation. So with regard to sleep uh, and uh, the shift work, so that's another category in itself. If we have time, maybe we can discuss a bit about it. But for now, it is important that people also, they have uh, shift workers, they have to be dealt differently. They have to be dealt in a way that the circadian timing is synchronized and they don't suffer a lot of uh, uh, I mean, uh, malfunctions because of those dyssynchrony between the day and light time and the bodily clock. So that is quite a different topic. But what you have asked me for now, it is important that everybody realizes what happens in the body is that as the sun rises, right, that when the sun rises, there is that hormone called melatonin. So that hormone is inducted with darkness. And as the light uh, I mean, as the light increases or as the sun, uh, as we have the day hours, the hormone keeps on decreasing. So when the nighttime ensures, if somebody is following the uh, day and light that is occurring on an inhabited island, and they are very much like in sync with nature, then maybe when it is time for the dusk, that is the sun is just setting, that is some round, somewhere around the time when the melatonin surge or the melatonin onset starts happening. So that in the scientific language is called dim light melatonin onset or DLMO. So this is the particular uh, concentration of melatonin. When that's, that is reached in your body, it's an indicator to the body. Now is the time that after a few hours from now, the body will land up into sleep. So that is the sleep gate will open and the person will go into sleep. Because as you know, sleep and wake is a all and none phenomena. Either we sleep, or we wake, there are no gray zones in between, right? So uh, ideally, that is when the dusk ensures, the melatonin will rise. And when it is further dark, the melatonin concentration will lead, reach up to a level where the person can go up to, uh, go and fall asleep. And whatever biochemical changes, whatever neurochemical changes, whatever the there is a sleep circuitry in the brain. So then it will act in a way that the sleep switch is open neurotransmitters called GABA and glycine are now in an ample amount and they are acting on different places in the brain cortex and they are putting a shut on the alerting centers. The body is in a state of sleep. So till the time is a few, just an hour or two from dusk, maybe it's 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And But that is just when the conditions are natural. So when you haven't put yourself into any artificial lighting, but that is not how no, things work in the actual daylight. People have uh, to work. People are exposed to lightning. We have all lighted up houses and offices. So there also, the idle time would be when it is a time to dust, you start, you know, and uh, maybe from 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. onward, just start dimming your lights. Just start, you know, getting into that frame of mind that now in a few hours, I'll land up, I'll have to go into sleep. Because sleep, like any other thing, is a beautiful ritual that should be followed religiously at a fixed time every single day so that your cycle doesn't break. You have a smooth sleep-wake rhythm. And when the rhythm is smooth, uh, you will definitely derive all the benefits that sleep gives to the body. So I will suggest that time should be like maybe 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., not later than that. You know, that doesn't make any sense because then you, the body will not get the maximum benefits it should have from sleep, both the non-REM as well as the REM sleep. 
So you have to have those four to six cycles every night. For that, you sleep by 10. And wake up is like, the when you wake up, you should feel alert, awake, no need for an alarm or somebody persistently asking you to wake up and you should be fresh during the day. As you said, it's the case with you. So maybe whatever duration your body requires, you sleep from 10 to 4 or 5. And once you're awake, the indicator is if you're uh, if you awake without an alarm and if you can go across the day without feeling drowsy or sleepy, you have had a good sleep. And that should be your individual indication towards how much sleep you need and when should you sleep. So, yeah. So how do we, when it comes to how do we sleep, Shweta, do we have a choice? Uh, um, meaning like, how do we sleep? Like, is there something which helps us to go to sleep? So that is a very good question. So we have talked about when and why, but the how is as important as either of these. What I feel is, uh, and what researchers have proven, that there should be a pre-bedtime schedule. And which is, you know, uh, a beautiful gift of nature in terms of reviving our body. And it is occurring every single day without fail, like, Without fail, the sun is uh, the sun comes up and uh, the sunset occurs and the moon comes up and the day and night is happening. Similarly, the body waking up for a certain duration of hours and sleeping for a certain duration of hours, that's as important. And it is equally important to have a pre-bedtime schedule. That is how you should go to bed. Preferably, before you uh, go to bed, the person should be relaxed in a state of mind that should be leading to sleep. We always say that you're to the patients or to people who ask, uh, who approach us for counseling regarding good sleep. We keep telling them that your thoughts should be settled before you go to bed. It should be like you clean up the entire, the house is all done, the kitchen is all cleaned up before a lady goes to bed. Similarly, your thoughts should be well settled and the brain should be eased out, relaxed. People can have, you know, a bath, a warm bath. They can have uh, maybe they, and they should take some I mean, dinner early so that they can have a good sleep, then their thoughts should be settled. To some who have the tendency of their thoughts being disturbed, it is a good habit to write a journal or a diary so that you can just settle your thoughts. They can listen to some kind of relaxation music or read some uh, something which is, you know, which is relaxing, some, some any kind of book which relaxes them, something which is not too stimulating like television or mobile that is certainly not recommended. So they should have some kind of pre-bedtime schedule. That is how we should go to bed. We should have some activities lined up, which we should perform. And that is the brain through the process of conditioning would condition itself that now it's the time to sleep. And now it's the time I'll go into that process of healing, nurturing, and then waking up to a fresh day the next day. Yes. Great, Shweta. And when it comes to where do we sleep? And um, this yeah. is something that has been on my mind because I see a lot of friends and even recently I had a video call with a friend in Canada and uh, it was the night for him and he was talking and we could see his wife sleeping while he was talking behind him. Um, and I can see a lot of times when I've asked this question to so many of them that why do you sleep with the bedroom light on? Uh, and then they say, right. no, you know, I can't sleep if I don't have the light on. There's some sort of a fear. Uh, so I think this is an important question. Of one that seems quite simple when we say, where do we sleep? People may say the bedroom. But 
how is that set up do we have a television do we there are so many of us who uh, watch television and just fall asleep and then they wake up after a few hours realize and switch off the remote so let's talk a little bit about where do we sleep right deepa this is a very interesting question so where do we sleep it's very very easy to say in the bedroom that's where we are supposed to sleep so what's the where and what's the twist in it but there are twists to it because uh, i'll just be sharing a very interesting study which was taking place in india for the last many years it is called the great india sleep scorecard and what has been found that more than 70% of indians go to bed with a phone that's a mobile that's the kind of habit that they have uh, fallen in, in the trap of and uh, this not just the phone people are in the habit of uh, i mean uh, uh, watching television from the bed some people they have their lights switched off till a very till very late hours then uh, mobile is of course a constant companion on the bed people use it for alarm in your own house on the same bed every single night that is your bedroom so there should be a space which should be uh, specified for sleep that this is my place to sleep that particular space or that area that bed of yours should only be restricted for sleep other activities shouldn't be performed on it like you shouldn't be eating you shouldn't be talking you shouldn't be watching phone you should not be doing any other thing except sleeping on it because again as i said this is a very simple thing which occurs is uh, uh, with your brain is that it, these are conditioning you're giving the brain clues that yes i can take i mean i can take loads of stress on my mind sitting here and worrying and having taking and getting in the anxiety issues this is my place to discuss the daily uh, i mean what has happened in the course of the day with my spouse or my sibling this is the place where i talk with my cousins on phone for long hours or my friends in night time no if these things are to be done then you can designate a separate area for them but not on the bed so that is one thing because the brain should be acclimatized or conditioned to consider the bed bed as a place to sleep it has been found that people who have insomnia right people who have a, uh, uh, they have they don't have good sleep hygiene such persons use their bed for a lot of activities youngsters who cannot sleep till 3 am they study on their bed they keep telling us yes that's where i study we are in a hostel my bed we talk with friends then it's the same bed we are studying with all our books they they don't realize that this is what they are doing is damaging their circadian rhythm because you have to maintain the sanctity of the bed and you cannot uh, you cannot use it for multiple tasking so where we sleep we sleep in the bedroom we sleep in a designated place we keep it exclusively for sleeping if at all we can't sleep for some reason some day then the literature says if it is more than 20 minutes and you can't sleep on the bed please go out of the bed go in a separate room or in the same room on a chair sit there do something boring something which doesn't stimulate your mind till sleep spontaneously ensures and you feel like going and sleeping on the bed because that is one another area people sleep on the bed but they just you know sometimes sleep is not coming they have some issues or some disorders they will be on the bed worrying waiting for sleep and please don't that is not to be done that is to be avoided so that is also one thing which i like to add I think, and I think you made a good point, Shweta, that sometimes boredom can be a very good thing. I think we live in a world where boredom is looked at as something which is really 
wrong and even kids today i remember that as a child i was i was bored a lot but it, there was we didn't consider that there's something wrong in having boredom because that's part of our how we are as human beings but even kids today um cannot sit 10 minutes without an ipad or a phone because the boredom is something that they're trying to escape from and i think we are living in a world of such stimulation where we're always trying to run from boredom and what you said is that boredom can be used beautifully to entice sleep so what i took away from all of this shweta is that when when do we sleep try to you said try to have go with nature and try to go around 8 to 9 so that you use nature's rhythms the endocrine cycle to help fall asleep right. uh, and right. then we spoke a little bit about how do we sleep and you raised a very relevant point that uh, we must empty our mind before we go to sleep no matter how we do that whether it's journaling just leave behind those thoughts and the stimulation and of course finally we spoke about um where do we sleep and you raise the pertinent point that we need to sleep where we keep the bedroom only for sleep and i think this point i bring into my entire house shweta because there are times i want to take my laptop and go work downstairs and i refrain from doing that because i've created spaces where perhaps my living room is a place of relaxation i don't want to bring the energy of my work into that space so i'm very specific that i will only work in my workspace uh, so i think we've covered some beautiful points very relevant very basic but something that we're running away from and i what i really love from our conversation shweta is that you bring the attention back to simplicity that as a nation globally rather that we are on the search for the complex protocols when it comes to sleep when in truth we need to begin with frameworks of simplicity of restoring balance setting frameworks for ourselves where we don't need complex medication complex protocols and uh, beautiful conversation thank you once again uh it was a great conversation yeah, it's really great conversing with you and the point that you said at the last it really touched my heart that bringing back simplicity boredom is absolutely good it is not something to be shaked from you know there were in the earlier you know world when we were kids there were times like we were bored so even if kids today are not into their ipads and into their so many things happening and uh, things being droned all across so if that you know some simplicity and something from nature can just come back and be invite in a lives like be more beautiful more useful and diseases will be at bay so it was very nice nice conversing with you and hopefully people will get something out of it and improve their sleep as well as daily functioning thank you deepa thank you so much In this episode we came back to foundational aspects of sleep which many at times are the missing pieces. I often get messages from old clients asking about specific supplements they've heard of on podcasts. In fact, the foundations are where all health interventions should begin, be it in sleep or all health. 
If you have thoughts that resonate with this, connect with me on Instagram at Oha Health. Have a great day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation. Any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions of whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided.